Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Week zero of college football begins tomorrow. That's exciting. And week two of high school football underway tonight as we figure out high school football here in the area uh, on week two of the season. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. A very busy show here on this Friday edition of the program. The show lineup is a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, everybody wants to talk with Hawk. Jason Hawkins, the head coach of the Charlestown Pirates, uh, red hot early in the season and a huge game coming up tonight at Brownstown. Very much uh, could be a Mid-Southern Conference championship game this early in the season. And Coach Hawkins will join us here in just a few moments in advance of tonight's game for a little preview on the contest and a little insight into how the Pirates are doing uh, these first few weeks of the season. Also, later in the show, Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's always with us Fridays as we talk the latest with IU basketball and also IU football. Uh, on the basketball side, big announcement about Jalen Hood Shafino yesterday. He's going to have a busy weekend playing with some of the top point guards in the country at a Chris Paul organized event. So we'll tell you more about that coming up and some other IU topics today. Then later in the show, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis star. He always joins for recruiting and basketball and some high school sports, a mix of everything with Kyle when he's with us, and he'll join us in segment number three today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, the number, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question for Coach Hawkins, for Dylan Wallace on IU, for Kyle Neddenrip on recruiting or high school sports, whatever it may be, 502-414-1450 is where you can send those to. And it's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. One lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light, 12 packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton Summer Cash Bash, not a Refreshing Rewards member. You can text REWARDS to 80313 today. Let's go right to the phone line and to our first guest, Charlestown football coach Jason Hawkins with us here in this opening segment today. Coach Hawk, how are you, sir? 
I'm doing good. How are you, Matt? Great to have you with us, and congratulations on a big start to the season. I know, uh, obviously, beating Silver Creek, a rival school, is a big deal, but you've been around coaching this stuff, and you've been around high school football really your, your entire life because of your family. What was it like to be a part of that game based on just how big the crowd was and the support for both schools? I wasn't there, but I saw pictures. Uh, we had Chad Gilbert on Monday. It just seemed like an awesome way to kick off the season. Uh, it was. It was a great crowd. Um, it's probably one of the top five crowds that we've had since I've been here in 07, uh, and we've had some really good crowds. Um, you know, the it was excitement. It was the best uh, our student section has ever done. Um, and that was exciting for the kids. Uh, we came out, uh, the kids played well and, uh, you know, to play in that atmosphere and have that many people, uh, watch you and to, to perform, uh, at the highest as you can for week one, I, I think that was great for our kids. Coach Hawk, what was the takeaway from week one? Maybe what did you learn about your Charlestown team, uh, from the early practices to the game one as you head into week two? What, what was the takeaway? Well, I thought we ran the ball uh, a lot better than uh, what I anticipated maybe going into the game. Um, I thought we ran the ball really well. Uh, Clay played really well, which, you know, I expected Clay. He actually, if you look at his stats, you think he played really well, but I, uh, he missed a couple throws that, uh, you know, that I think he could have hit. So he could have actually even played better. Um, I thought our defense looked really good. Our pass defense, I think we only gave up 30 yards and, and uh, Oliver threw the ball a lot, and we had him on the run and uh, uh, chasing him, and he made some good plays with his feet, but he was getting chased all night. So I, I thought our defense also looked good. All right, Jason Hawkins, the coach of Charlestown, is my guest. Week two, it's a huge game tonight. Your Pirates will go to Brownstown Central for a 7 o'clock kickoff. And, you know, early in the year, most teams still trying to figure things out. I know you are as well. But I tell you, this is a huge game with a lot of meaning as far as conference goes. This game has a rivalry feel to it as well. And for your club, it's been a really tough place to win, and Brownstown always a tough team to play. Tell us a little bit about your preparations this week for tonight's big one. Well, it's, it's a really tough place for everybody to play, just not us. But uh, Coach May's done a good job since he's been there, been there for a long time. Uh, you know, our kids, are we, we're looking at it, uh, it. It's a prize fight in our eyes. And, uh, you know, we're we're looking at it that we got to go in and play our best football, and we too. And if not, you know, we, we know we're behind the eight ball. And, our kids have had a good week of practice. Uh, they're fired up to play. You know, Browntown's the champ, and until you knock the champ down, you you know you can't be the champ. So, I, I think we're going to play fired up. I, I'll be uh, very upset if we don't come out ready to go. And uh, uh, I just think that our kids are, uh, you know, excited about the opportunity to go to Browntown and to uh, play a good football team. What are some keys, Coach Hawkins, to stopping or slowing down this Brownstown team? Well, the Brown. I mean, they they got a good offense. They're uh, they're very young this year, but they're they're very good in what they do. They they run a lot of misdirection. Our kids are going to have to stay home, and uh, they're going to have to tackle well tonight. And they're just you know they're going to have to play uh, fired up football, and they're going to have to get after it. 
talking with Jason Hawkins. He's the head coach of the Charlestown Pirates. I'm curious, you know, high school athletes are always uh, fun to watch, fun to follow, and, and there's been a lot of early season praise for your team coming off of the game last week. And even before the first game, Charlestown was mentioned as one of the teams, if not the team, to watch here in southern Indiana football in our local area this year. How are your kids handling the big crowd and the big success in week one and maybe some of the early uh, thoughts that are being cast their way? Well, I I think that we've done good as a coaching staff, and I think our kids understand that, uh, you know, we played well in week one, but now now we're playing the champs. And, uh, you know, you can't overlook a Brownstown team ever. So I think our kids understand that. They've stayed pretty focused this week. Uh, They know that, you know, Brownstown's the best team, and we're going there to play, and it'll be a good atmosphere again. And, uh, you know, even though we played good week one, it's it's time to move on, and you got to play well week two, and then – when week two's over, we're out to look at week three. So uh, we've tried to stay focused on what we're doing and, uh, you know, at the task at hand. And our kids have done really good at that. We're just hoping that we can continue that through about 9 o'clock tonight. Coach Hawkins, for a game so early in the season here on week two, this game has huge implications uh, with the Mid-Southern Conference. You and Brownstown expected to be right near the top this season. What would it mean to get an early inside track on the conference crown, which I know is something so very coveted in the MSC? Uh, you know, it, it would be big for our program and uh, what, what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish this year. This is going to be a test to kind of see where we're at um, throughout the year and what we can do maybe in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we we expect to win. We we expect to go up there. We expect to play well. And, uh, you know, uh, our kids are thinking that same way. And it, it, it's going to be a big test. But, you know, we're if we don't play well and we don't come out successful, then, you know, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be a little uh, upsetting for us right now. Absolutely. Jason Hawkins, the head coach of Charlestown. Big one coming up for the Pirates tonight at 7 o'clock. Coach Hawk, uh, good luck, and thank you for the opportunity to have you on here on game day. All right. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. Jason Hawkins of Charlestown. And again, I say this, I think every time Coach Hawk joins us for a preview show or a segment on my daily show here, but uh, again, he's been in football forever, a player, a coach's son, uh, and 17 years now is where he's at as a head coach here in our area with a number of those years now at Charlestown. So um, obviously he is uh, one of the veterans of the area, and he has a really good team this season. I think Charlestown with a great opportunity tonight to get one on the road at Brownstown. And Coach uh, Hawk mentioned this. Um, you know, It's not just Charlestown that has struggled to win at Brownstown, they really have a big home field advantage. Uh, their facility has been tough for anybody to go in there uh, and get a win out of there. So uh, a tough challenge tonight, but one that, based on what we saw week one, I think this Charlestown team is up to. And then, of course, after tonight's game, um, the, the, I think the Pirates can can run the rest of the way. Uh, you know some of their tough games early on here in the season. So that is a headline game tonight uh, of the area. We'll see how the Pirates do on the road at Brownstown, but a number of games to follow tonight, and uh, we'll run through the schedule a little bit later in the program. But week two of high school football with good weather is here. And speaking of high school football, our Southern Indiana broadcast tonight will be Floyd Central 
at Louisville Manual. That game will be on our sister station, 94.7 FM. So if you're looking for uh, Floyd Central tonight, it'll be on 94.7. We'll have St. X here on the Big X, and that's going to be a regular thing from week to week during high school football this season. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Lots to get to with IU basketball and football. Starting quarterback named yesterday for Illinois as well. No surprises there. But we'll tell you about Jalen hood Shafino, the starting QB for Illinois, and a lot more coming up next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. The Thornton's text line number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, joins me on Friday. We talk a lot of IU basketball and football, and we'll do that here in just a moment. But first, Justin, uh, your part of the state tonight is uh, where a lot of our local teams will be. We just had uh, Charlestown coach Jason Hawkins on. His team will be at Brownstown Central tonight. And Jeffersonville will open the season tonight after their week one game was canceled against Bell County, Kentucky at Seymour, right in your home city. Those are two big schools that you follow there with the Seymour Tribune. So you'll be able to keep us updated on two of our locals tonight. It's going to be a big game, especially uh, that Brownstown-Charlestown game, uh, because you know I think that could be a huge game for who could win the conference. Uh, the winner of that will put themselves in a pretty good position in winning the Mid-Southern Conference. Um, so that, that should be a fun one. Um, you know, I know Charlestown, I think it's their 50th year for their football program this year, so they're hoping to do some big things. Uh, they have a good team. Brownstown's usually pretty good. They, they, have a, they have a young roster this year. They only have one offensive starter coming back, and it's their quarterback, Carson Darledge. Everyone else is kind of new on that end. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they got a couple of new guys, but, you know, they, they, did, they did pretty okay last week. And, obviously, Charleston did as well. If you were able to beat Silver Creek pretty handily, it's always an impressive job. So, I'm excited for that game. Should be a good one. And then, uh, you know, I'll be at, I'll be at Seymour where uh, Jeffersonville is coming to town, as you said. And uh, really curious to see how this one plays out because Seymour had a really, really tough opener last week at Greenwood. Um, just kind of an all-systems failure overall. Nothing kind of went well at all. Um, obviously, I mentioned last week on the show, you know, their best player, Jalen Johnson, is hurt with the fracture fibula. You know, he is obviously still out, so that, that's going to might hurt them for a couple weeks here. But uh, it's a big conference game, and hopefully they're able to, to make it a little bit more competitive than they were last week. But uh, Jeff, you know, they're always a good team. They're, they always kind of present explosiveness. They're always athletic. So, um, you know, it might be a tough one for Seymour, but, uh, you know, if they can clean some things up, maybe they'll make it a little bit more competitive than they, than they were able to do last week. So, yeah, two big games in the county, uh, both, both home openers for both my teams. So that's always fun. Um, 
I'm really excited to kind of see how it plays out. Uh, like I said, I think the Brownstown Charleston game could go a long way in, the, in determining the winner of that conference. So uh, that's probably a big one, and uh, hopefully everyone's kind of geared up and ready to go. Yeah, no question. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. Uh, big opportunity coming up this weekend for Jalen Hood Shafino. IU announced yesterday that he's been invited to participate in the Chris Paul Elite Guard Camp, which is going to bring together some of the top guards in college basketball. They get to work with Chris Paul. I'm pretty sure that Jalen has a pre-existing relationship with Chris Paul. Uh, he played in his uh, travel, his grassroots basketball program for a few seasons when he was in high school. But uh, this seems like a really neat opportunity uh, for some development here right before the season begins. Yeah, it seems like a great opportunity for, for Jalen. Um, you know, there's there's kind of no better point guard to, to learn from than Chris Paul. I mean, I think he's probably one of the last kind of true point guard prototype players in the NBA today. Uh, you know, not a lot of guards kind of play like how Chris Paul does anymore. He's kind of that old school kind of point guard, uh, you know, set the team up, run the offense, get, a, get, get the team a big shot when they need it, stuff like that. You know, it's a lot of kind of scoring combo guards now at that position, but Chris Paul is one of one of the few kind of old school point guards people were used to kind of seeing, and and I think that's a lot of what people see in Jalen Hojefino that that kind of style that he plays more of a you know do, set the team up you know score when you have to, but mainly just kind of control the pace of the game. So I think it'll be a really awesome opportunity for him to be able to learn from from one of the best guards that's ever played in the NBA, um, and so hopefully hopefully that helps him out uh, going into his first season here. So. Yeah, I think I think Hood Shafino is going to be a really good player. Uh, you know, we can probably dive into it a little bit later. But you know, I was able to kind of see him a little bit last last Saturday at the Fan Fest event, and uh, I just liked what I saw from him. Uh, you know, as it's, you know, you get a small taste, so you don't see a whole lot. But I just I just think he looks like a real steady player. So uh, hopefully, this Chris Paul camp uh, will kind of help him out a little bit more. I think we all have big expectations for Hood Shafino as a freshman. One of the things that I noticed is thinking back to his time at Montverde, we got to see so many of his games because they were televised on ESPN and those networks. But even the clips I saw from Saturday night and just uh, how he talks, his quote in the release about the Chris Paul camp, he said, quote, I already have a relationship with Chris Paul, so I'm just getting to chop it up and play with him. I'm excited about it. I'm thankful to be getting uh, to play against some of the other top college point guards and NBA players will be exciting and a great measuring step. So overall, I'm thankful. Uh, just the way he talks, the way he acts, the way he carries himself for a freshman coming into a big time high major program. Uh, Jalen Hutchinson's, I think, a very confident young man as well, and I think that that could serve him well uh, on the court this season in the Big Ten. Yeah, he does seem very confident. He seems got a very cool demeanor about himself. Very kind of low key, laid back kind of personality. Uh, he seems pretty mature for his age. And, you know, he, he just looks like a really good basketball player. You know, something I noticed last week at the, the FanFest event was, and it's something small, but, you know, so, so they did a three-point contest and a dunk contest. And a lot of the times, like, so when Tamar Rice is doing a three-point contest, like, he specifically picked out Jalen to be the one to pass him the ball. And then when Trace did one of the dunks, he picked out Jalen to be the one to, like, throw it off the backboard to him. So that just kind of goes to show already this guy's like, a, a really good passer because guys want him – they're throwing it to the shooting pocket, giving an alley pass, and already as a freshman, for him to be having that kind of impact on his teammates who've already been around IU, um, I think it's I think it's, it's a pretty telling thing. Just kind of the player he is, uh, the type of passer he is. 
which is which is what we all kind of thought he could be coming out of college. A really good passer, a really good point guard who can do a lot of different things with the ball in his hands. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. And, and I think he carries himself, like you said, in a very mature way. Uh, he's got a good head on him. And he just seems like he's going to be a really calm, not, not, not overwhelmed by a lot of things. He'll be able to handle pressure, all that kind of stuff. It just all seems like uh, bottled up. He's going to be a really good player. So I'm excited to see him hit the court. And, uh, you know, I think everyone has high expectations for him this season, as they should, because, you know, he, he profiles as a really good college basketball player. And um, I think he can make an impact right away in his freshman year, and I think fans are going to see that pretty early on. Dylan, you mentioned um, um, thinking about Hood Shafino. You mentioned the Fan Fest last Saturday. Any other thoughts? I know we've covered it pretty thoroughly uh, this week on the show, but anything stand out uh, from the little quick scrimmage that was played or from the evening you want to share with listeners today? I just think the team just seems really confident about themselves. Uh, they, they seem really together. They seem like a really good group, and they just seem like they're really excited for the season to get underway. You know, Trace kind of talked about coming back and saying, you know, he, he wants to, you know, bring a championship to Indiana, and you know, obviously players are going to say that, but I, I think this team is just not afraid to say things like that. They're not afraid to say, you know what, you know, we're not just going to talk about we're going to take it game by game and see what happens. No, I mean, they literally talk, you know, they want to win the Big Ten. They want to win a national title. Um, and, you know, obviously when the season gets going, they'll, they'll take every team seriously game by game and all that cliche stuff that we're going to hear. But, but they, they're setting big goals for themselves, and they just seem confident in how they carry themselves on the court. They seem really close together. They're joking around. They're, they're talking trash, doing all this kind of stuff, which I think stems from, from Woodson. You know, Woodson has always said, you know, I'm going to talk trash to my players, and I hope they give it back to me. And he kind of has that kind of relationship with them, and, you know, it kind of spreads out throughout the locker room. So, you know, I, I think there's just, there's just the vibe around the team right now seems pretty positive. Um, you know, I think from, from just kind of watching people play, you know, I thought – I thought Tamar Bates just looked bigger and older and stronger altogether. I, he just looked like he just looks different than he did a year ago coming in as a freshman. I think he just looks like he's more ready to play, and uh, I'm excited for him. Obviously, he shoots the heck out of the ball in that three point contest, so uh, you know, hopefully that carries over into the season as well. But he just looks a little bit more grown up, um, and obviously, you know, he he you know he's had this whole summer. He had a kid. He had all this stuff, so he's obviously a lot more mature than he was you know coming in. But I just think he's he just looks like a really stronger player. Um, you know, I think, I think Trace, you know, everyone kind of got pretty excited when he hit a couple threes in the scrimmage. Um, so, you know, it, 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 as long as he can just maybe take a couple, hit a couple every now and again, you know, we're not going to ask him to be the primary three point shooter, but I, I think just, just having that ability to at least step out is promising stuff like that. So yeah, overall it was a pretty cool event. I think it was cool for the fans to be able to see all the players, you know, when you, when you walked into the building, they were all kind of spread out of the tables for autographs and pictures. So I think it was an overall cool experience for, for everyone to kind of get a first look at the team, interact with the players, kind of see stuff like that. But uh, everyone seems pretty excited, um, which is a good thing. And I just think the vibe around the team is positive, uh, which, which is what you want to have, you know, in August, and hopefully it continues through the season. All right, Dylan Wallace, my guest, talking IU basketball to start the segment. Want to get into some football also. Uh, week zero games coming up. Uh, I think the uh, Big Ten game tomorrow uh, will gain a lot of uh, traction over from Ireland. Uh, teams that I'm not sure that we necessarily uh, to care about watch in week zero, but given it's the only uh, Big Ten game, Nebraska-Northwestern is what I'm talking about, by the way, but yeah. given it, it's the only Big Ten game, given that it's from Ireland, I think it really kind of highlights the week zero slate of games, believe it or not. 
Yeah, I, I think it probably is the the biggest one. Um, you know, it's it's got that the noon slot on Fox, so it's going to be pretty 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 bigly promoted as it has been uh, this week. So I'm 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 excited to watch it for sure. You know, just having football on the TV again. You know, it's it's an early conference game, and you know, even though Northwestern and, and Nebraska maybe aren't the the top of the top of the conference, um, you know, it's just it's going to be intriguing to watch and see. I think some people are actually pretty high on Nebraska this year. I think some people are, have some high expectations for them to at least kind of compete in the Big Ten West. We'll see how it plays out. You know, they've been pretty disappointing the last couple of years. And then Northwestern, um, you know, two years ago they were in the Big Ten championship game. Last year they won like two or three games. And it kind of seems to be the roller coaster that Northwestern goes on. So, you know, maybe they can have a bounce back year this year and be a little bit more competitive. So, you know, who knows? This game could be pretty competitive. But right now I think Nebraska's got the pretty significant edge. I think they're favored by like 14 points, so two touchdowns. So pretty big favorite. Uh, but but I'm definitely going to be watching it. I think I think a lot of Big Ten fans are going to watch it just because it's, you know, it, it, it's a conference on the TV in week zero. Um, Illinois is also playing, so I guess for Indiana fans, you know, you could you could if you could tune in, probably Big Ten Network. I think it's probably on. Uh, Illinois is going to host Wyoming, so they'll, they'll have a game in week zero. Um, so you'll be able to see the Illini in action a little bit, do a little scouting before uh, they come to Bloomington next next uh, Friday night. So um, you know that, that, that's also a curious one to, to keep an eye on too, just to see you know what what Illinois could look like uh, next week for the Hoosiers. So uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just super pumped to have a. Uh, have the college football on TV this weekend. And I, I do agree. I think Northwestern Nebraska, even though in the big 10 might not sound like the biggest game, it's probably the biggest college football game this weekend, considering all the teams playing. So uh, super pumped for that. Yeah, for sure. And yesterday, Illinois announced their starting quarterback. I don't think it's any uh, real surprise, but Tommy DeVito, I like the name, Tommy DeVito will be uh, the Illini's starting Q- uh, QB for Saturday's game against Wyoming uh, that the Illinois will host. He is a graduate transfer from Syracuse. He had a little bit of a competition uh, in the preseason with a redshirt junior, uh, but won things out and got most of the snaps, I think, in the spring practice as well. Uh, so that being said, we now know Illinois' starting quarterback. The question remains uh, a week from now or a week from tomorrow, who's going to be the starting QB for IU? Yeah, well, apparently they know. So the coaching staff knows and the player, the QB knows, the team knows who the quarterback is. Uh, we just don't know yet, and we, we probably won't know till they're warming up on the field on, on Friday. Um, but uh, so, you know, I, what it comes down to, is it going to be Connor Baslick or Jack Tuttle? And, um, you know, I, I think you asked me last week or a couple weeks ago who I thought it'd be, and I, I think it's going to be Connor Baslick. Um, at least I hope it is, just because transfer coming in from Missouri, um, you know, I think he had a pretty good season uh, a couple years ago. Um, and, you know, I just I just feel like I've seen a lot of Jack Tuttle already. You know, he, he played a little bit two years ago. He played um, a little bit last year as well, and you know, I feel like if, if Tuttle won that starting job, uh, I might be a little bit more concerned about the, the football team this year than, than I already kind of am there already. Um, just because, I, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like you, you know what you're going to get from Jack Tuttle, you know. Um, and it doesn't mean he's a terrible player. I think he's a pretty solid quarterback. But I don't think he's going to, you know, make, turn this offense into anything special. Does that mean Connor Basic will? I have no idea. You know, we, we're going to have to just wait and see, you know, how good is Watt Bell as an offensive coordinator? You know, does that make a difference between how the quarterbacks are going to play? You know, it's, it's all, all so many question marks about this team, uh, not even just around the quarterback position, but just kind of up and down the roster about who, who's going to step up where and stuff like that. But uh, I'm hoping it's Basilic just because, uh, like I said, I feel like I've seen 
uh, a lot of Jack Tuttle, and I don't feel like he can necessarily kind of take an offense to to the next level or to to a, an area that Indiana kind of needs it to be to be productive this year. Um, so so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, I, I I wonder if it'll be leaked out earlier next week. Um, I you know maybe the, they're probably gonna do a pretty good job keeping it tight, close to the chest. So you know we're probably gonna have to wait till actually on like Friday evening when they're warming up for the game and then you know see the tweet about whoever's taking. Uh, the first team snaps. So uh, we'll see, but uh, you know, hope, hopefully, hopefully whatever advantage Tom Allen thinks we'll have, we'll play an advantage against Illinois next Friday. Absolutely. And uh, big, uh, big stuff for IU football. Of course, the QB remains unknown, but there are a number of really, and I, I tell you what, to me, uh, there are a number of unknown things about this team uh, based on last year and transfers and, and players coming in from the transfer portal. And it even goes with coaches as well. There's a handful of new coaches uh, on the coaching staff. What, what's the area of this team you're most intrigued to know more about, to see them out on the actual field and go through some real live series in a game? What, what, what area, what position group would that be? I think I'm kind of curious about the receiver position. Um, you know, we, we've kind of, we obviously know Donovan Coley played quarterback last year. He's moving to receiver. Omar Cooper is another Lawrence North uh, guy. You know, he was a pretty big recruit, four-star guy. You know, he's a receiver. Um, we, you know, we've seen a lot of things about Jalen Lucas, this like super fast kind of gadget player, smaller type player who's super quick. Uh, you know, he's, he, he could potentially be a weapon to use on offense. You know, uh, DJ, DJ Matthews, you know, he's coming off a torn ACL. You know, is he going to be ready to go? Can he can he kind of produce as what he was showed flashes of last year? Um, I'm just intrigued. I, I think there could be a lot of talent in the receiving core, um, but it, it's just a matter of are the guys healthy? Um, can the offensive line block enough for the quarterback to get them the ball? Can the quarterback get them the ball? Are the schemes right? All this kind of stuff. Because uh, I think the receivers could be an interesting kind of kind of uh, position for the Hoosiers this year. Because I think there's a lot of talent in that in that room, and we're just going to see how it used, see how the how they perform. So definitely intrigued by that. Um, I, I think you know area for the fans to be most comfortable with is probably kind of the secondary on defense because you got Taiwan Mullen back, you got Jalen Williams back. Uh, you, you just got a lot of guys who have experience playing, and I know they were they were pretty banged up last year in the secondary. A lot of the guys were hurt in and out of the lineup and all that kind of stuff. Um, but but a lot of these guys in the secondary, you know, they, they they they've had success here in Indiana, and they know what it takes to have success here. So you know, if they're healthy, I'm excited for that group, kind of like a safety net back there defending the pass. And you know, I'm I'm hoping they they were able to kind of pick up where they were at in 2020. Hopefully, get a lot of takeaways. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, kind of help out that defense um, because you know the defense kind of took a, a bad step backwards uh, last season as compared to the year before. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm most curious about the receivers and kind of because I think there's a lot of talent in the room. And I think I'm most confident in probably the secondary because I think just the guys and the the, the, the kind of the the resume they have already back there. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they're able to kind of carry the defense and, and help them out in that way. All right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up with you, Randy Whitman, of course, uh, a name from the past of IU basketball and still really involved. He's a great friend of Coach Woodson and has had an advisory role. I, I think he still does officially with the uh, IU basketball program, but he is uh, going to win an award, uh, the Clevenger Award, for all his contributions to the IU community over the years. Also, a former football player, Joe Huff, uh, is going to receive a, an award 
Stewart as well coming up. But I thought it was neat to see some former guys, especially Whitman, who remains close to Coach Woodson and the program, uh, be recognized. And it seems like over the years, in the good times and bad times with Coach Knight and, and ups and downs of IU basketball, Randy Whitman has always been a name that's been around and uh, been in the background in some way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember you know the, the day Bob Dyke came back, uh, the, the game against Purdue, uh, I was there, and um, you know it was Whitman and Woodson who who kind of stepped up on the press uh, at the presser, and you know those two, you know gave gave an interview with us and talked about just like you know how important it was that they wanted to help get Bob Knight back. They talked about Bob, Knight. They, they, you know they were very involved with it. It was Whitman and Woodson, so that was pretty cool to see. And now that I, I saw he got the award, um, I've seen a lot of pictures from from that moment uh, back then in February of, of 2020. Um, and I, I, you know, obviously him and Woodson are pretty close. So now that Woodson's the head coach, he's probably kind of a lot more involved with the program now. And I think this award is specifically for alumni who, you know, have made, you know, big contributions to the program after they graduated and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's, it's pretty deserving for him. And I think it just goes to show just, just kind of, you know, we, we talked about just what Woodson has been able to do kind of bridging the past with the present, you know, he's got, he's got just such, such a bigger connection to former players to alumni who who want to kind of come back and who want to be a part of the program again, who want to be involved with it, who want to come to games, practices, talk to the guys, you know, donations, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think just having Woodson at the helm now has just made it a little bit easier, a little bit more comfortable for some of these guys that want to come back. But like you said, I mean, Whitman's kind of always been a big IU guy. He's always kind of wanted to be a part of it. So, you know, he's obviously here a couple of years ago when, when Knight came back, like I said. So, yeah, I think it's a well-deserved award for him, and um, it should be a cool thing. I think it's, I think they get it in, in the middle of September, so uh, September 16th or 17th, something like that. So, you know, hope, hopefully, you know, we'll probably see some more stuff around then. Maybe we'll see a story about it. Maybe we'll see some pictures or video of him receiving the award. And I'm sure, I'm sure Woodson will be there as well. So, so like you said, they seem like they have a really good friendship and connection. And, uh, it's nothing but good for the program having having former players being so involved because obviously Indiana basketball's got such a rich tradition um, from players who used to play here. So uh, I think Woodson being here just helps them be around more and be involved more, and that's a good thing. As Coach Woodson settles in more and, and year two arrives, given that there is so much excitement around the program and this team, I would really be surprised, and I know it happened some last year, but I would really be surprised if there aren't more former players featured involved around uh, and celebrated, to be quite honest, during this upcoming season. Uh, it just seems like something Mike Woodson has talked about consistently since he's been uh, at Indiana, and uh, year two would be a good time to maybe take that up a notch. I think fans uh, who are excited and I think going to pack it most every night uh, would appreciate that. Yeah, I think anytime you get guys to come and, and they, you know, whether it's before the game or whether it's at halftime, they kind of step out and get their name called and get honored and innovation, all that kind of stuff. Any, any type of those small things kind of have former players back in assembly hall, um, you know, is a good thing. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's just, they want to come to a practice and meet the players and meet Woodson and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I know, I know they do like a, they usually do these big kind of Hoosier alumni events. I think they did one in French lick, uh, I don't know if it was this summer or whenever, but yeah, they, they, I think they just do a lot of good things that, to kind of get alumni back and in, back involved. But yeah, I do agree with you. If, if there's more kind of scenarios, situations where people are coming back for games specifically so that fans can see them and fans can kind of give them the ovation and respect and stuff like that, it'd probably be a lot cool. It'd probably be really cool. And, uh, you know, like you said, there's probably going to be a lot, a lot of big crowds this year. 
So you, you kind of want to fill some of those dead spaces in between timeouts or halftime. You want to fill those with, with exciting things. Like, And what's more exciting than having four players come out, hear their name called, get big ovations, get the fans fired up even more, stuff like that. So, you know, hopefully we see it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure Woodson's a little bit more, uh, probably wants to do some more of that kind of stuff too. So uh, definitely excited for that, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But there's going to be some big crowds, and I'm sure those kind of things will be really special for them. No, no question about it. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, he's with me Fridays on the show. We talk a lot of IU basketball, football, and more. Enjoy some high school football tonight. You've got some good games up your way with our area teams, and we'll check in again next Friday uh, on the show. All right, sounds good. Thank you. All right, Dylan Wallace with us here on this Friday program. A couple other notes I wanted to mention. Somebody sent this to me uh, as I was talking with Dylan. Kyle Schwarber, former IU baseball player, uh, had his 35th home run of the season last night. And I think really the, the reason to mention it, the home run went an unbelievable distance of 451 feet. He really has an identity of a big home run hitter in Schwarber with a, a deep ball last night. There's no question about that. Also, from a recruiting perspective, I know that there's especially a lot of interest in Jalen Harrelson and Trent Sicily, two in-state guys in the class of 2025. Indiana all over them. Purdue all over them. In fact, the Big Ten Conference is basically all over both of those guys. And as these new national rankings come out after the summer and in advance of the upcoming high school basketball season, uh, curious to see where these guys place. And I noticed yesterday the Rivals Hoops national rankings were updated, and Harrelson is up to number 26 in the country, and Sicily is up to number 33. And to be quite honest, I think from what I've seen from these young prospects here in our state that those guys are going to continue to rise up and up the national rankings uh, throughout this uh, upcoming high school season and, of course, the next spring and summer uh, AAU season as well. So those guys getting some uh, big national rankings to go along with a lot of the interest uh, in both of those guys from Indiana and other schools. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, uh, high school football, recruiting, and more coming up. To wrap up the week with Kyle, this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins. A lot to talk about here as we get into week two of high school football tonight. And, of course, lots of basketball recruiting stuff to catch up on. Also, I want to continue or start with you, Kyle, continuing where I ended the last segment. That is that Jalen Harrelson of Fishers and Trent Sicily of Heritage Hills uh, they are beginning to rise in the national class of 2025 rankings. And I think for those of us that have seen those guys play and watch their recruitment uh, grow and grow here, even at this very early stage, there's no surprise. 
surprise, they're becoming the highly national-ranked players, and I think they have the opportunity uh, to uh, rise up in those rankings in future editions. Yeah, I think last year at this time, uh, Matt, we were even talking about those two and, and the potential that, you know, the kind of the exciting, uh, the excitement of maybe seeing what they look like as freshmen and, and maybe knowing a little bit about uh, how that might look, but not fully knowing, of course, until, uh, you know, you play some high school games. But, you know, obviously both of them had really good freshman seasons. And then, you know, from everything we saw of them, you know, with their high school teams and an AAU together in the summer, uh, I don't think there's any, you know, sometimes you can kind of see, well, this guy needs to do this or that, or, or player X needs to do, you know, improve greatly in this area. But I think watching those two play, you don't get the impression that, I mean, not that there's things they can't improve on, but, you know, clearly they are uh, exceptional players. And I think the, the biggest thing with both of them is just the, uh, you know, the, how hard they work. And, you know, I, I was struck watching both of them at the Charlie Hughes event this summer uh, with their high school teams and in the uh, top, uh, uh, the underclass showcase, uh, just to how they performed against better competition, too, and how they just, I thought both of them really just took control, you know, and as, as freshmen going on sophomores, uh, you know, who are not, you know, they're not older kids either, uh, you know, in their grades. So, you know, I thought that was just really impressive. So, yeah, I mean, all, all the uh, rankings and whatnot, I think, are, are justified and uh, everything that they can do on the court. And I, I thought with Sicily especially, I watched him a little bit more at Charlie Hughes um, because I'd seen Jalen play more at uh, during the high school season. Uh, but I thought he's just playing uh, more, uh, you know, stronger. I, I think he's obviously getting stronger and I think playing with more intensity. And, you know, I was – I think they played Heritage Christian. I watched a full game when they played Heritage Christian at the Charlie Hughes, and I thought he played really well uh, in that game. So, you know, and it's not just one game, but it's just overall getting to see him in person and up close, just uh, really impressive. And Jalen does so many things as a ball handler and a kid at his size who can basically play point guard. Uh, you know, that, that kind of speaks for itself, too. And his upside uh, is about as high as anybody in the state, I would say. Absolutely. Kyle Neddenrip, the Indianapolis Star. Got to fit a high school basketball topic in today as well. Uh, you know, new format uh, in the tournament this year for boys and girls basketball, uh, and that means the regional and semi-state rounds are essentially reversed. Uh, regional will be one game on a Saturday. Semi-state round will now take two games to win it and move on to a one-game uh, state championship in all four respective classes. The IHSA announced its sites uh, for the semi-states Newcastle, Southport, Seymour, and Washington will be the southern sites. And my initial reaction is to those four southern sites, and I say that with air quotes around it here in our Big X studios, is first off, historic gymnasiums. I mean, Seymour, my favorite place to be in March. Washington is awesome. Uh, Southport is also one of my favorite gyms in the state. All three of those have been at some point or currently are uh, southern semi-state host. Newcastle is an unbelievable gym, uh, not just in our state, but in the in the in the world, in the country. Uh, but it's not 
very much Southern. I don't really know how that works out. Very similar to how Richmond for one or two seasons was a Southern semi-state site. We didn't really understand that. But nonetheless, that's the, the four sites. Of course, instead of two, there will now be four sites. But I really uh, love the host locations. And the more I think about this change to our coveted uh, state tournament, uh, the more excited I am. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of just the nature of the, you know, the just the geography of it to where, you know, yeah, Newcastle's not southern, it's not northern either. And it's kind of the same for Richmond. So you kind of just run into, you know, you, you definitely want to use those places. It's just, you know, you're not going to really appeal to either side, you know, north or south probably by, you know, just, just because of the geography, unfortunately, of where they are. But, but yeah, the one thing I will, you know, I, and I do, I, I do, I'm kind of curious, and I think it's fun to have this change. And, and you know, I'm, uh, I guess I'm sort of neutral, but I do like, you know, seeing some difference in what they're doing with the semi state. But, you know, I am curious to see how it ends up coming out as far as, you know, where they put the 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A. Basically, you're only going to have one class, obviously, at, at, at one of those sites. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what the matchups are. And, and, you know, in some cases, your crowds will could be better depending on who the teams are in the you know in the smaller classes than the bigger classes you know the, the just by the sort of the community aspect of it uh so i think that could be interesting too to see where those schools end up the one thing you do kind of miss out on i guess is just sort of the randomness of you know i remember that and i know you remember the you know the like the new albany uh warren central game in the semi-state uh you know what's that been now four years ago and this is just an example but you also had uh, Morristown Bar even that first game. So you, you and, and people, uh, you know the the fans who may not otherwise see a game in a different class, you kind of lose out on that opportunity uh, in this situation now, where you're just going to have one class at a particular site. But you know, in order to get something, you have to give something up, and I don't know that that's a big deal that you give that up. But I, the randomness of it is that was always kind of fun to see schools in different classes play back to back in the semi-state, but. You know, now it'll be different, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, give it a couple of years and see what it looks like, and, and then maybe you can make some adjustments to, the, you know, what what's maybe what's necessary to adjust to it, if anything. So, you know, I do like it. It's a day-long event, basically. You'll have two games in the, in the day and then one at night, um, you know, and I think uh, having all those games in one class at a site can be a kind of make it a, you know, kind of a full-day uh, sort of extravaganza type of a deal so it is you know i think it's appealing and i guess we'll see how it comes out but but yeah those venues you can't get much better than you know the eight north and eight south the uh, gyms that they picked yeah gonna be fun to, to follow and see obviously change is is interesting especially in something with so much tradition uh like our basketball state tournament but uh I think this could be a good one for sure. Also, Kyle, the Indiana Football Coaches Association hosting an eight-man football scrimmage on Saturday at Decatur Central. And I bring this up because Rock Creek Academy recently announced uh, in the last three weeks or so uh, that they would move to an eight-man schedule because of uh, numbers in their football program. It's a small 1A school as well. Uh, and I'm curious, is is eight-man football, do you think it has a future here? Could it help uh, football and the quality of it at some of the smaller schools where maybe numbers are an issue? Yeah, I think it will. And I, I think it just takes a sort of an adjustment to the mindset of what, you know, 
you know, what, what, what football looks like at that level. And there's our state here in Indiana hasn't had much history. There is some history, probably more than people uh, may know going back to the, you know, the forties, fifties and into the sixties, there was some eight man football in, in different pockets of the state, including Evansville. And then, you know, up here around uh, north of the Lafayette area, there was some, some eight man teams, even in Indianapolis at one time, there was, six man and eight man in the uh around world war ii so you know there's some interesting background on that but yeah i think you know it's going to be a slow start and i think the ifca knew that it would be they were trying to get schools similar to rock creek and you know waldron is starting up as an eight-man program that's new you know they haven't had football so so you have some schools like that blackhawk christian up in fort wayne where they hadn't had football uh, who are going to give eight man a try and and probably stay at eight man? And some you know in some cases uh, schools will look to go to eleven man maybe after eight man. But I think most of these schools um, you know and you, I think there are going to be a handful of others in Rock Creek's situation uh, that maybe just don't have the overall numbers that you can keep football uh, but not have a you know what you call traditional eleven man football and instead play eight man. But yeah, I think ideally you're going to get up to you know, hopefully get up to like 16 teams or more. And, you know, eventually I think that will happen. It's just going to, they knew going into this year, this kind of a trial run and then see how it goes and, uh, you know, kind of build from there. But at first they're trying to go to schools that haven't had football and and start eight man. And then later uh, in the Rock Creek situation and other schools, you know, they can, they can kind of fall back to eight man. But I think it, I think it has definitely has a future. Absolutely. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. That's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the program here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.